Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Therese Crow, novelist and speaker. We are continuing our series, Agents Uncensored. These are the things that agents would like to say, but don't because it would be rude or mean or I don't know, uncalled for. Uh, So we have submissions and completely anonymous submissions from agents. And today is part two covering things that agents would like to say to aspiring authors. So these are authors who are pitching agents their book ideas. All right, the next one. I state very clearly on my website that I don't represent poetry. So sending me a pitch that begins with the words, I know you don't normally represent poetry, is a mistake. I hate it when I get pitched projects that are nowhere near the books I represent. A few minutes research can help you target your pitch. So that one I find so funny because I know you don't usually represent poetry. Oh, did you get the inside scoop? Yeah. Who'd you hear from that I changed my mind? Yeah. So you clearly went to the website. You you know enough to at least ask the question right. and locate the answer. Right. But you decided, I don't like that conclusion. I'm going to ignore it. Yeah. It's not a good look, my dude. <laughs> well, it's like this person... The fact that they took the time, again, like you said, so that they know what they're doing is not like usually good or whatever. They know like what they're doing isn't it. That means they're either like they've reached the point of desperation or right. they've run out of all of the poetry agents to pitch, or they think that their stuff is so amazing that we're going to take the time to branch into an, into an entirely different genre for them, for this one project. So both of those are red flags, especially if we don't usually represent in that genre. Why would we take on someone who has run out of options when we ourselves don't know anything about that genre? And then why would we right. or why would we take on someone who thinks that their stuff is like so great that they're just gonna like get us to change our career path or our business right. strategy? Right. <sighs> It's equally annoying when people just like randomly through social media are like, hey, do you do you represent fiction to me or whatever? And it's like, if you would have just spent five seconds, the information is all there. I don't hide right. my email address from people. Mm-hmm. I don't make it hard to con. I don't make it hard to find out what I'm looking for. It just makes me yep. like, you're going to be, it just makes me think like, oh, this author, they're going to be a lot of work. Like, Yes. I remember at one of my earliest writers conferences, I had a pitch meeting with an agent. And so I went to prepare for it before the meeting. I went to the agency's website. I looked for what does this agency represent? They didn't have any of that information. And then I went over to her specific agent page, look thinking like, surely it will be here. She had no information whatsoever on what she represents. And I was like, Okay, Mm -hmm. I guess I'm going to go in blind to this meeting. Uh, Turns out she only represented Christian women's fiction, Hmm. which I do not write. So I was there like trying to sell her on like a gritty dystopian 
steampunk YA book. <laughs> and she's just looking at me like I have three heads and I'm like, I'm not responsible for this situation. I made right. an effort. Mm -hmm. No matter what, it seems like whenever I take pitches, I always say no memoir. And no matter what, I get a couple of them yep. every time, yep. every time. And I bet I can name some of them that you get like all of the time. <laughs> Cancer memoir. Cancer. Yeah. Every conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the, the trends that come and go, the natural disaster memoir. So like a pandemic memoir, I feel like might be something that's going to be like a thing or deconstructing faith. Like, so it's, it's, and it's just like at the end of the day, a memoir is a memoir and I'm not the right person necessarily for that. Unless you're a wrestler. All right. In the comps section of your proposal, don't compare yourself to C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, Isaac Asimov, or Jesus Christ. <laughs> People, uh, Jesus? I guess, I mean. I, I guarantee you that anybody who willfully compares themselves to Jesus is nothing like Jesus. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure Jesus would even compare himself to Jesus. Like the humbleness needs to be built in somewhere. Right. You can't, you can't be the Lord. Well, there are, there are definitely the people who say that they have like a message from God and like he came to them in a dream or in a vision and they are basically like, it has all of the makings of like uh, Joseph Smith when he started the Mormon church, like it has uh, all the makings of that, you know, like they have this special revelation and it's a little bit different, but only they know it. And, um, and so it's just like, like, still though, that's just a prophet. Yeah. It is not as high up yeah. on the ladder. Yeah. Here. Yeah. But they are very like adamant that, you know, this is their message and how dare we question. Yeah. Or like even to say like, well, I don't know where I would take this. Like, I don't know where I would sell this. Well, God will make the way. The next one. I hate it when an unknown writer acts as though just because I'm a literary agent, I owe him or her a favor. I do not. You don't owe me a book and I don't owe you a manuscript review. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever this is, I like their boundary setting. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you get people ticked off if they've submitted to you and they never hear back. I can understand if they pitched you face to face and they just never, and then like you never get around to responding to them. I can understand mm -hmm. them being frustrated by that. At the end of the day, like though we still don't owe that to them because yeah. like life happens and we don't make any our money is not made by the manuscripts that we reject. <laughs> right. So, uh, but yeah, the, but the people who just act like just because they, you know, pitched us a book or sent us an email or had a somewhat of a conversation with us that we then owe them. Owe them a review. A review. Feedback yeah. or whatever it might be. Well, and it's just, you know, life advice in general. Never a good idea to like lead with your angry entitlement, you know? I mean, because like maybe that agent, like the email just got lost in their inbox, yeah. but they're still super interested. And yeah. if you come out the gate with with that kind of uh, mm -hmm. energy, mm -hmm. I mean, you're definitely shooting yourself in the foot no matter what. All right. The next one. I might need help with this one. It says everyone in publishing uses Microsoft Word. 
I recently received a proposal in AmiPro. Ami, and then it's in all caps, Ami freaking pro. Welcome to the 1990s. I assume AmiPro was like a word processing software from like before Microsoft Word. Yeah, I um <laughs> I'm I'm mentally writing a line of, of ageist jokes here, so I think I'm just gonna hold my tongue. But I have never even heard of that program. Yeah, Ami A M I Pro. Ami Pro. I never heard of this, so that would frustrate me. Yes, if I got but okay, let's replace that with freaking pages. I hate it when people send me documents in the pages software. The um Yeah, Apple I mean it, pages. Right, yeah. It yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like what you use to take notes that you never look at again. And it's like what am I supposed to what am I supposed to do with this? Stop stop doing that people. Just write in Microsoft Word. Okay, so AmiPro was released in 1988. That's funny. Okay, so according to Wikipedia, the 16-bit AmiPro had significant benefits. It was possible to easily control formatting with paragraph styles that were set with function keys, blah, 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 blah. So it was good for, like, formatting mm -hmm. in, like, the 90s. Yeah, so, like, what's this competition? <laughs> like, right. nothing. I mean, I don't know. That would be, I assume. I assume it was great for its time probably hard to use and wh why is someone still using it ami pro was discontinued according to this wikipedia article it doesn't say when so that's hilarious time to uh, join the the new millennium friends time to buy it yeah uh yeah so just send us stuff in microsoft word or if it's like if you really want to be a little bit annoying you can set it as a pdf <laughs> <laughs> PDFs are acceptable, though they do raise the annoyance factor by just right. a smidge. Yeah. And no courier new. Oh my goodness. Do not make me rant about that. All right. The last one. A proposal is a professional document that's going to be read by people who make their living creating well-written, nice-looking books. So don't send me something with nine different fonts, random underlining, occasional bold words, and lots of exclamation points. Right. Just put it all in Comic Sans. <laughs> or Courier New. <laughs> yes. Papyrus, please. <laughs> yeah, just dude, it doesn't have to be. It can be Times New Roman and mm -hmm. it will get the job done. Like, <laughs> I feel like that, that is the slogan for Times New Roman. <laughs> It gets the job done. It does get the job done. And you can, like in these, in this day and age, like it doesn't hurt to add some design aesthetic to your proposal. But then of course, then you're having to send it in a PDF format, which is not very fun as an agent to deal with. So like there is room for, you know, making it a little bit interesting, but like, right. yeah, no, this shouldn't be, you know, Microsoft Word art type of situation. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gatecrashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. You can send a tip via PayPal. Simply use our link 
paypal.me slash gatecrashers or log into PayPal and search us using our username, which is at gatecrashers. And be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode. Oh, Bitcoin, stop falling.